Hello, and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Maroos, founder and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the Financial Brand. As new players continue to expand market share with data and customer-centric business models, incumbent financial institutions face an urgent need to modernize their back office systems to remain competitive in the payments and reconciliation space. By investing in emerging digital technologies, financial institutions can address evolving customer preferences, mitigate risk, and achieve greater efficiencies and regulatory compliance. My guest in the Banking Transform podcast is Nick Botha, Business Development Manager at Autorec. He discusses the importance of a clean end-to-end payment solution that's designed to overcome the most difficult challenges for managing reconciliation, data management, and reporting. While automating data flow has been a priority for financial institutions for years now, most financial institutions still have an inability to really automate their systems the way they need to be done now with advanced technology that that really helps you avoid the risk of error, helps you avoid regulatory breaches, and helps you avoid the inefficiencies and processes that really cause problems behind the scenes. So, Nick, before we start a discussion, can you tell me a little bit about Autorec and the services you provide financial institutions? Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So, Autorec, uh, we are a financial controls platform. Um, Our platform specifically helps financial institutions focused on a couple activities around their data management processes, uh, automating reconciliations and helping with um, a lot of the reporting elements that uh, sort of middle and back office functions are are looking to achieve um, within the business. Um, you know, both from a management reporting perspective, an audit re- reporting um, sp- perspective, as well as a regulatory reporting perspective. So, yeah, there's a, there's a couple elements to there, and hopefully during this um, this discussion we can get into the detail of a couple of those. Yeah. So. Organizations of all sizes are really focusing on trying to modernize their back office systems, you know, that are very outdated in many ways. Also, we've covered in this podcast often that back office systems really are the the biggest impact on what the front off, the front facing technology and experience is. But why is it exponentially more important to have a modernized system in payments and reconciliation? Yeah, very good question. So, you know, this is uh, probably coming from a couple of the clients that I've spoken with uh, over the last 18 to 20, 24 months, you know, specifically post-COVID uh, times. Um, you know, manual reconciliations is no longer really fit for purpose, to, to be honest with you, um, especially for uh, organizations that could be identified as large enterprise organizations or even scaling up businesses, um, you know, I would think that maybe some startups could get away with, uh, you know, manual spreadsheets. Um, but if you ask any scaling up business um, or, or, or large enterprise that, um, you know, they find uh, we're working around manual spreadsheets uh, a huge headache, uh, having to deal with things like uh, macros and reliance on key personnel in the space um, to manage those, those, those macros and those spreadsheets. No, no audits, you know, audit has become a huge thing um, around the reconciliation uh, piece and, you know, having no real uh, real-time audits or MI, 
around the data that sits within those um, those spreadsheets becomes uh, quite difficult. So th- these are some of the key points um, that our clients are bringing, bringing to the forefront. You know, so not every organization has the same approach to operational processes and back office processes. How do you define success in this space? You know, what where can you take a firm from where they are to where they need to be and where do they need to be today? Yeah, um, so I think, you know, what, what we need to speak about here is really that reconciliations is no longer really, um, you know, maybe in times gone by, a reconciliation is taking a transaction on one end and matching it to a transaction on the other page. Um, you know, now there's a number of different elements um, where, you know, onboarding platforms, you know, such as Alteric would be able to assist. Um, and and that's that there's a number of elements, including data. I mentioned it in my, in my introduction, you know, really around data management processes that lead into the reconciliation. There's a lot of hard manual work that goes into preparing data um, that, that can be set up for the reconciliation so that the reconciliations perform as expected. The reconciliations and the break management processes and workflows that, um, you know, would have to to be present um, in this process, to be successful. Um, and then, you know, again, in my introduction, I mentioned the reporting elements. You know, it's hugely important to be reporting to both internal and external stakeholders and having, you know, accurate representation of where those, um, you, you know, where your reconciliations are and um, how they've been performing over the, you know, the, the past few weeks, months, uh, years, etc. Success uh, is, is a seamless flow between all those elements as opposed to just focusing on, on the matching matching piece in the reconciliation process. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we find firms that end up thinking that the automating of what were legacy processes is the right way to go when really you really have to rethink processes in their entirety to to be able to modernize the process. You know, you, you can't just turn turn a switch and automate every step of the way. You really have to rethink them at the same time. You know, when we look at automation and 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 reconciliation, what role does AI machine learning and APIs play? Very good question. Um, we're seeing a huge uh, move towards, you know, um, that near real-time uh, view of where um, your reconciliations are sitting. So, you know, um, the API element is 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 a big uh, piece for us. You know, the integration piece, uh, taking the headache away from our clients in having to manually upload and download data and files from different sources and formats. And um, you know, as as these businesses are scaling, they're they're of course uh, onboarding new partners and, and PSPs and banks. Uh, you know, which increases the amount of. Uh, time uh, that it takes to get get the information um, into their core system. So APIs is definitely one. Uh, you know, machine learning, of course, um, it, it, machine learning and, and AI are sort of buzzwords that, that keep coming up. Uh, we do like to caution some of the people that we speak with around AI specifically, uh, because, you know, there's a huge element of control needed within these processes. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it, AI can't guarantee that that element of control, you would have the full full element of control that you need. So, you know, AI, AI is a tricky one, but machine learning definitely, you know, this is this is something that we can uh, onboard new technologies into, into our platforms to, you know, learn about data, 
present our clients with information around that data or suggestions around uh, their data or better ways to do things, um, but definitely caution, um, you know, around implementing complete AI, for, uh, you know, s- solutions where um, essentially <laughs> the computer is taking over. So, yeah, it, I mean, that's a great point to mention. Um, I would definitely say that ML and uh, APIs are, are a huge topic at the moment. So, you know, as organizations are out there so trying to modernize their system and look at a lot of different firms, you know, yourself, your competitors, things like that, how do financial institutions select a system for both handling payments and reconciliations? What, what do they rank as being the most important? What are things that organizations should look at as they're trying to find a good partner to modernize their systems? I would say that uh, the first one, uh, especially in this sector, is uh, being able to handle scale. Uh, as I mentioned, you know these are organisations that are either, you know, uh, tier one institutions, you know, large enterprise institutions, or scale ups, uh, trying to achieve uh, you know, large profit margins. And to do that, uh, you know, the scale is an important aspect. So making sure that the partner that you're onboarding in this in the space is able to be equipped for for handling not your uh, immediate uh, volumes, but your projected volumes in the next two to three years. Uh, Integration is a huge piece. Um, We're finding more and more technology teams being involved in the conversation uh, to make sure that the integration piece between not only their core systems and, uh, in our case, Autorec, um, but also the number of their different partners and institutions that they work with uh, internally and externally, uh, you know, the integration piece is, is a huge consideration. Uh, you know, there'll always be that element of price, <laughs> uh, how things can be priced. I think, uh, you know, uh, what we're finding is being flexible in your pricing structures uh, for the different size organizations is, is something that um, you know, we pride ourselves on. Um, and, and we've seen a huge, um, huge interest in that. Uh, and then in the, on the technology itself, you know, making sure that it's covering, you know, all the or ticking all their boxes. Um, it, it's one place for all the processes that sit around that reconciliation piece. Um, and these are some of the key um, considerations that our that our clients are facing. You know, you know, it's interesting. You know, we we interview a lot of firms that provide very specialized services on this podcast. In many cases, the services provided somewhat overlap with their core providers provide, or at least say they provide. What is the difference between what you provide a financial institution and maybe what a core systems provider says that they provide? Because, you know, in most cases, as you well know, there's people out there that say they can do it all. Why would an organization decide to work with a firm like Autorec that really provides a very specialized solution. Obviously, it's going to cost in addition to what their core system is. Why should an institution decide to do it this way as opposed to just going along with what they currently have? You know, this is uh, always something that we, we're engaged with our clients on, working with our clients on, finding that ROI for them. Um, I think the, the, the companies that you know, have onboarded the solution, really, you know, they're looking for something comprehensive. They're looking for something that's that's really going to, you know, reduce the manual effort that's going on in the organizations. These, um, you know, solutions that are in-house built or, you know, may look at some of the services that we offer, you know, it, it's a small element of what we're looking to do. And when you have large scale businesses, um, you know, that small element becomes quite 
difficult to use. Um, you're looking for a purpose-built solution that's covering end-to-end. -end. Like, as I mentioned, you know, you could have, uh, you know, ERP systems or, or any other uh, internal systems that may look at that transaction matching process that can take one transaction and look at it on the other. But, you know, in an Autorec world uh, or in, you know, any other reconciliation providers' worlds, you know, it's really being comprehensive. It's looking at how can we reduce time in, in the data management processes? How can we uh, help improve their matching rates? Uh, how can we reduce the amount of uh, personnel and, uh, you know, time that those personnel spent on, uh, you know, laborious tasks rather than focusing their time and energy on, you know, more... Um, investigation type tasks and, and adding value to the to 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 the bottom line as opposed to you know just just slaving away so you know it's really providing that end-to-end -end, uh, comprehensiveness uh, transparency in your data um, you know real-time view of where your reconciliations are I think we're, we're, we're in a world now where reconciliation uh, has to be considered uh, the, the the final piece in in the entire process of your business. You know, it's no longer something that you just do uh, to to make the auditors happy. It's really there to add value to uh, your organization, to add uh, across the business, not just to to the middle and back office, but also to the to the front end. Um, and uh, yeah, when it comes to audit time, reducing those. Um, you know, reducing the time and money spent on those if you have something that's comprehensive in place. If you don't, you, you know, you're still going to be spending a lot of time and money on uh, some of those tasks that sit around the transaction matching piece. So as soon as you mentioned the audit process, in organizations today, how prepared do you think organizations are to really handle the detailed audit scrutiny that the compliance issues that are in place? You know, where are organizations now when you go in to see them how far behind the curve are they in many cases? I don't think uh, many of our clients uh, speak to us and tell us how far behind they are in their audit processes. <laughs> but uh, the what fact I, that what... I called you is one thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But um, where we do get some information on this is when we are dealing with some of the consultancies that we work with. You know, we get a, a lot of... Um, you know, we work really closely with these organizations just to see where the market is, how they're doing. Um, and a, a lot of the time, you know, there's a huge um, request from, from these auditors and these consultancies to get something like this involved just because uh, they find that, uh, you know, dealing with their spreadsheets and not having comprehensive uh, audits attached to things like, you know, transactions or uh, users within their internal systems and who's doing what, there's no real audit trail or audit history behind behind much. And again, I think that's something that Autorec, you know, prides ourselves on in, in terms of everything that happens within our solution is audited end to end. And when it comes to audit time, the auditors are very happy because they have one place and everything's uh, sort of stored and, and there. So, yeah, I, I can't answer your question in terms of, uh, you know, our specific clients and where they are and when they're coming to us. Um, but definitely, I think there's a huge um, value proposition in terms of the audit piece, uh, which a which a which a um, you know a, a platform like Autoric can can provide these organisations. So it's interesting in in all the research that we do for the Digital Bank Report and the conversation we have on the Bank and Transform podcast, we find that financial institutions often know what needs to be done, but don't necessarily move forward. As you go out and visit financial institutions and trying to sell the services of Autorec, what usually, if you were to categorize something, what usually holds financial firms back 
from actually taking the action needed or actually moving forward with an automated solution such as yours? You know, the best way for me to answer that question is actually to answer you how, um, you know, organizations that we work with that, uh, you know, move very quickly with these things, uh, what they have in place. Um, and that's, you know, um, backing from, from the right people internally, um, from senior management, C-suite, uh, you know, personnel, um, understanding the, the, the requirements and the, the USPs that something like this can bring to your organization. So there is an element of learning that needs to take place before uh, we get to, you know, sort of uh, getting down the road with these organizations. Um, so, so, so the better job that we do <laughs> through our, through our uh, thought leadership, um, the better. Um, yeah, so organizations that are in a place where they understand the value of something like this, they tend to move a bit quicker, but uh, budget is, is, is always the one, you know, it's, it's, it's something that they need, they always say they need it, um, but ensuring that um, the right level of budget is available at the right time, especially considering where the market is uh, and where the market's been over the last sort of 24 months, you know, it, it's been quite tough. But um, I would say probably in the last six months, we're sort of seeing organizations uh, leaning towards um, bulking up their middle and back office, making sure that, um, you know, things are aligned for a huge growth uh, phase over the next sort of 18 to 24 months ahead. So um, I definitely think we'll see a sort of turn from, from what's been happening in the last 24 months. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a pivot here and, and talk a little bit about cryptocurrencies. You know, they've, they've obviously gained some traction. There's a lot of leveraging on both the crypt, cryptocurrencies as well as blockchain. How does this change the requirements for reconciliation payment automation? Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's interesting you mentioned crypto there because um, in, in many cases, crypto actually uh, increases the complexities around uh, the reconciliation process. Uh, blockchain, um, you know, the decentralized, uh, you know, uh, public ledger uh, that these uh, cryptocurrencies sit on. Yes, there's an element of, you know, how that automates the transaction matching process. But as I mentioned, you know, these organizations are especially, uh, you know, that are built on blockchain. These are tech businesses that are running financial services, um, you know, they're looking to scale up, they're looking to grow. Uh, and in that process, um, you know, there's a number of different uh, external and internal parties that you're working with. And the reconciliation between all these different, uh, you know, uh, sources of truth, if you will, um, actually becomes quite, um, quite complex. And, uh, you know, I, I've dealt with a, a, a couple organizations that are built on blockchain and, you know, it's taking them, um, you know, days, not hours to, to um, you know, reconcile, um, you know, simple, you know, internal to external reconciliations just because, you know, the complexities that sit around crypto and, uh, you know, getting the data from, from blockchain against what sits in your bank or your PSPs or, you know, whoever you're working with. So, yeah, in many ways, I think... Um, while the transaction matching process does get automated on, on the blockchain, you know, it actually, crypto and, um, you know, your, your scaling businesses actually increase uh, the requirement for, for something like, uh, you know, a, a full financial controls platform. Uh, and you have to remember there's different elements, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an operations team or there's a reconciliation team within these businesses, but there's other, there's other elements, you know, there's finance, there's treasury, um, all with reconciliation requirements. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that it sort of takes away the need for, for a complete, you know, robust reconciliation tool. You, know, you, you talked about scale a couple of times there and, and, you know, there's obviously the, a massive scale 
changing um, in the marketplace. You know, rise of non-cash payments continue to skyrocket. Payments overall are, are skyrocketing. Can reconciliation tools cope with this added volume? You know, how do we deal? You know, and, and you mentioned the other thing was speed. So how do we deal with the requirements of both speed and scale when we're talking about such complex transactions? Great question again, Jim. Um, you know, um, it's important to make sure that um, the organization that you're working with in this, uh, from a reconciliation perspective, it's aligned with the size of your business. You know, um, there are a lot of tools that will you know, be suited to the you know smaller startup organizations, which can help you uh, at that level, but may not be uh, you know suited for something that's uh, more of a scale up or, or an enterprise type organization doing millions and millions of transactions on a daily basis. Uh, what that means is that the organization that you work with has either worked with these type of organizations before, uh, has a good, uh, you know, uh, brand name in, in the market, um, you know, they have good references. Um, the infrastructure that the platform resides on can support, uh, you know, these not just the large scale, but also, you know, there's that other things to consider, like uh, being able to deploy uh, in certain geographies due to the ongoing changes in regulations and data laws, um, you know, just really making sure that um, the organization that you're working with is suited to the scale of your business. Um, I think that's a, a huge um, element to consider. And then there's functionality that you have to also consider. Um, you know, does the tool have the functionality built in the solution, uh, you know, out of the box, that's going to accommodate for, you know, your continuously ongoing changes uh, that you're going to see in your business. Uh, things like, you know, we've, we've brought up the, the, um, the concept of audits, but also permissions. If you're a large organization, making sure that uh, there's, there's the functionality to make sure that you can have permission controls across the, the large, um, you know, deployment that you'll be doing, you know, workflows, that type of thing, you know, and obviously, like I mentioned, that complete audit history. So, yeah, there, there, there's a number of... Um, of considerations for these companies. Um, but definitely, I think it would be aligning uh, the type of company you're working with against the size of your business. We also, we have in the US, we have the move towards faster payments. So we really have to find partners that are going to be ready to deliver both the way the data is managed and also reconciled on a higher speed basis. You know, you, 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 you don't want a firm that you're partnering with to be catching up to the process at the same time that they're trying to implement it. So how do you see the, that impacting, you know, faster payments impacting what you provide? Yeah, faster payments equals more scale and, you know, the need for more real time, as you mentioned there. Um, with that comes a lot more complexity, more players, more third parties, uh, very complex complex reconciliations because, you know, you're looking for that um, seamless flow between the different sources of data uh, and, the, and the party that you're working with. Uh, you know, th th there's no, there's no um, space for, you know, <laughs> manual data management processes. Um, you want to help, you want to make sure that uh, the platform has the functionality to help streamline any break investigations that you're doing. Um, so definitely, you know, the, the, the move towards faster payments uh, is gonna it's gonna increase the scale. It's gonna increase the complexity, and uh, you know, in in my experience, uh, and we've just seen this in the UK with the the sheer volume that these organisations are doing within faster payments, that um, you know the requirement for a robust uh, you know up, uh, 
organization or, or platform, should I say, um, that sits behind that, um, that, that process within the reconciliation space is key. So yeah, definitely um, a, a move to a more automated fashion is the way forward. So, so it's interesting. I, I, I sometimes hate to ask this question because we, when I ask about, you know, what do you see as the biggest change is going to happen in the next three to five years, all we have to do is look back about two years and see that whatever anybody thought it was thrown out of the window at that point. But, you know, if you're looking at the payment space, what do you see in not even three to five years, just to take three years, what do you see as the biggest change that are going to happen in the payment space that impacts what you're delivering to financial institutions? Um, the changes in, in, in data formats, the changes in data regulations um, is, is, is going to be um, something to, to pay attention to. I mean, you mentioned crypto previously. Uh, you know, what we see a lot of businesses being built on blockchain and how that's going to affect, um, you know, the type of um, services and, and products that um, are out there currently and you know, making sure that in our space that we're keeping up to date with the technologies available to us to help streamline those processes. Um, you know, scale is, you know, we've spoken extensively on this podcast about scale. Uh, I just see that, that continuing to grow post-COVID and new technologies um, so, yeah, I think it's an exciting uh, three years ahead. Um, but, yeah, that comes with a bit of complexity for, for this middle and back office. So I would definitely, you know, from my perspective, where I see the, the successful organizations, uh, you know, they, they're setting it up for, um, you know, being able to launch new products, new services to their clients, but making sure that their, their middle and back office is set up for, for what's to come. So, you know what, you're a road warrior. You're a person that goes out there and sells to financial institutions. As you're meeting with financial institutions, what are the three major elements of what you provide financial institutions that you think sets AutoRec apart from what they're doing now and, and probably from what's available in the marketplace today? Good question. So uh, the first element is around your data. You know, AutoRec uh, doesn't expect data in any specific format and in the sort of, you know, retail banking, uh, commercial banking and payments worlds, it's, it's, it's hugely important that, um, you know, we remain that way. If there's any new uh, types of data formats that are that are on the horizon, which I know they are, you know, making sure that we're accommodating for those, um, you know, Autoric is definitely uh, one of the leaders in that space. Uh, the, the reconciliation piece, you know, we've been around for a long time in the industry. We like, a, you know, a, 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 a a seasoned fintech, if you will, um, and you know we what we've done over time is that we've uh, onboarded uh, all our experience into one product uh, that any clients that we bring on now gets to um, you know benefit off. Uh, that that's both in our um, in our product in the technology, but also in our services that we offer. Um, you know we've been there, we've done that, um, and I think it's it's good to have an organisation that um, understands the complexities around some of these processes and can steer you in the right direction. Um, and then really the, the last piece is to have a, you know, an end-to-end -end, uh, platform. I think I've already mentioned this already, but, you know, we're not focusing on one element of the reconciliation cycle. We are a financial control solution end-to-end, -end, uh, and that's from data in all the way to data out, uh, including reporting, you know, audit. Uh, so it's a, it, it's a one-stop shop for, for all that sits around that, that sort of, uh, middle and back office um, and, and what we've spoken about today. So I would say those are probably the three key factors um, in considering, um, you know, Alteric. 
You know, it's Nick, Nick, it's interesting because I, I we interview a lot of firms and, you know, some of the key elements that people forget is that the best firms that are partnering with financiers today, and you brought up the elements. Number one, you don't have to have perfect data. I think too many financiers just say, yeah, we like what you're going to do, but we want to wait until we fix our data shop. In many cases, you know, this is one of the major elements that have taken place in the last three to five years is solution providers now more than ever can work with data no matter how it's formatted. And that's a big deal because it means that you don't have to fix everything else up before you partner with somebody. Second, how easily can they integrate with systems that are in place already? And again, a really key element of the best solution providers say, it doesn't matter who you're using right now. We can integrate with what's in place, not just from a data standpoint, from, from a technology standpoint, so it's seamless. And thirdly, the ability to look for a forward-looking organization that, that really can say, we're already ahead of where the curve is and that we can keep you ahead of the curve. And it's so hard if you're building internally to focus on everything at once and to work with specialty firms that really have their niche and have enough experience with other financial institutions that you're going to learn from AutoRex's experiences as opposed to learning them from your own experiences. Nick, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. And I appreciate you sharing what AutoRex can do in the financial services industry, how you can move firms forward and have a future view. Thank you. Amazing, Jim. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. Also, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Haslidge, audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, remember, new technology creates new opportunities to do a job that customers want done. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.